Welcome to the CityWire Forecast podcast. My name is Will Robbins, editor of CityWire's new model advisor title. And joining me today is Athol Simpson, editor of CityWire Americas. This month in forecast, we're looking at global equities. But this discussion is going to take one slice of that pie chart with a closer inspection of Latin America. So, Athol, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you're writing for. Hello, Will. Thanks very much for inviting me onto the, today's podcast. Um, so, as many of you will probably have spotted, uh, no, I'm uh, not from Latin America. Uh, I'm actually from Scotland, but don't let the Scottish accent fool you. Uh, I've been living in New York for the past six years um, as the uh, um, as the City of America's editor and been covering the Latin market uh, for, for even longer, uh, first from our offices in London and uh, now from our offices in New York. Uh, and I regularly travel then to Latin America and uh, that as it, given that it's part of our coverage. So we, we cover the Latin American fund and wealth management industry. Um, and uh, for that, we talk to a lot of uh, Latin American based advisors and also US based advisors uh, that uh, have clients in Latin America. So we get we get a good idea of some of a lot of the investment trends that are, that are dominating the landscape uh, across that region. Thanks, Athol. And I think that's cleared up a few questions our listeners might have had. But look, uh, tell me about the South American economy and Tell me a little bit about some of the regional differences that you see. So Latin America as a, as a whole is obviously one that we usually define as just a region that people want to invest in. But as is the case in, in most regions, uh, it's, it, it's quite fragmented and more so in the case of Latin America. Uh, that's due to just um, from social inequality to economic inequality and just differences in, 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 in governments there. So. Uh, like many, uh, like all regions across the world, Latin America was uh, was very badly hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. So the way it's behaving now is, doesn't really reflect how it's behaved in the past for, for obvious reasons. Um, Latin America was the hardest hit region um, in the world, economically speaking, um, due to just the uh, lack of reforms that had been introduced pre-pandemic and uh, just the actual fragility and cyclicality of the Latin American region and its economies. So in terms of, uh, but let's, in terms of breaking it down a little bit for uh, for the listeners here. So there are two really main major economies in Latin America. That's Brazil, which is the obvious one. Most people are familiar with that. And, and Mexico, um, which is uh, obviously a major trading partner for the US. So benefits a lot from any any new reforms, any new laws, or any new uh, trading deals that are um, set up with the United States. So those are the two big economies. But obviously, you have, um, shall we say, smaller economies, but they um, also hold uh, quite a lot of sway when it comes to the economic performance of the region. Um, those would be really, yeah, pr- pretty much Argentina um, is, is up there. It's one of the most developed economies in Latin America. But due to honestly poor poor management uh, from government leaders over the last two decades, finds itself once again in a major uh, in a major debt hole. Um, It's defaulted on its debt. 
um, over the past couple of years, something which it thought it had come out of uh, under the previous uh, president. And uh, but now there is a, a new very socialist pre social now there's a new socialist regime in place that has basically dismantled all the pro business and um, and investment. Uh, and you know, reforms that were introduced to encourage foreign investment. So that's Argentina. And then you've got Chile, uh, which financially speaking is one of the most developed um, markets in Latin America as well. But that has been going through quite a few um, quite a few issues, especially so there's been a lot of social unrest there. So that has obviously had an impact on, um, on the economy and, uh, and just on markets as a whole. So just to sum up, yeah, the big two, Brazil, Mexico are the ones that dominate really um, dominate investment uh, outlooks. Uh, Argentina uh, has more of an opportunistic feel to it. It's, uh, it's it's very volatile at the moment, so you do need to be careful with it. And uh, and Chile is another market that has been um, obviously taking up quite a lot of um, has been making headlines as well um, recently due to a lot of social unrest there. So that's those are those are really the main markets that we tend to focus on. And you've got smaller ones, but I can come to that in, in a little bit. Really interesting. So we'll, we'll talk a bit about Brazil and uh, we'll talk a bit about Brazil and and Mexico. Then uh, I'll start with Brazil. I, ma I managed to interview a, a financial advisor from Brazil, two financial advisors from Brazil last year um, for a project we were doing. It's really, really interesting. But uh, it was, you know, they obviously uh, from their perspectives, you know, they'd gone through a history of, of high inflation and then high interest rates. Um, I know there's there's been political ups and downs, but it's it's a it's a vast country with a lot of a lot of resources. Um, really interested to tell just just talk me through Brazil first of all, um, kind of what the sort of hallmarks of that economy are, and kind of what I suppose we're going to sort of talk about some sort of success stories, sort of why what it is people sort of tend to invest in, or what's done well in in Brazil over over sort of recent history. Mm. Well, Brazil is. Um... Is the largest economy by far in uh, in Latin America, as I was saying before. You just have to look at some of the um, some of the portfolios of fund managers who run Latin American equity funds uh, to see that uh, Brazil usually takes up between forty five to sixty five percent of um, the country allocation in in Latin America in these funds. So it it it, it has huge importance in terms of in terms of the region as a whole. Uh, I was just digging out some numbers um, earlier this morning, and Brazil was it was very badly hit again by the um, by the pandemic, and uh, Latin well, Latin America as a whole actually its uh, its GDP contracted its GDP contracted almost seven percent, um, which Obviously, it was extremely high for across the region um, across the world. Um, it's set to it's set to hit about uh, five percent um, in 2021, and Brazil is going to be a big part of that. So Brazil's uh, GDP growth is expected to hit. Well, forecasts have actually been raised. It's expected to hit 3.7. So probably, let's say like uh, between 3.54 and 4 percent uh, in 2021, and it's about um, one percentage point more. Than forecasts uh, than analysts were expecting earlier on this year. Um, in terms of, in terms of the actual market itself, um, it's you know it's it's a it's a natural resources rich country. So um, the mining companies, the um, oil companies, especially uh, Petrobras, um, 
dominate dominate the index and those are usually the ones that uh, a lot of the foreign uh, not, not just foreign but latin american equity fund managers uh, tend to go for uh, just because they represent such a big part of the index it would be it would be like you know not investing if you're investing in in u.s growth not not backing apple or backing amazon or you know they're just what you have to have some sort of exposure to them um but Brazil's going through uh, a lot of changes right now. So it's it was the hardest hit um, region by the COVID-19 pandemic. And a lot of that can be actually attributed to the way um, Jair Bolsonaro, its president, has actually dealt with it or not dealt with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, he, ridiculed, he ridiculed the COVID-19 as just the flu, uh, despite it devastating large swathes of, uh, um, of the population and um it's 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 had a, it's had a big impact on consumer on the consumer uh, market and um and yeah it's it's still it's it's still riding from that from that um from those effects there, there aren't many uh there doesn't seem it's it might it could be coming under control but there aren't really positive signs that bolsonaro is still taking this seriously um, he is. He took over um, the. He took over the country following uh, from Lula, who uh, was actually a very left-wing socialist, uh, socialist leader, who was at, who's uh, funnily enough, despite him being social, was actually imprisoned for corruption allegations, um, for a couple of years, and was actually just recently released from prison, uh, and is now setting up a um, a campaign to. Um, to become president once again uh, in 2022. So just to tell you just how volatile um, the Brazil can be, um, a president who was formerly in prison is now uh, leading a campaign to become president again. I mean, when you look at it that way, it can sound a little bit crazy, but um, the current, uh, despite, you know, he is, he is quite, he is very right wing. I don't agree with uh, a lot of Bolsonaro's views. What he has done though, he's been very pro-business. Uh, for uh, and uh, was actually welcomed by the market because he it was deemed that he was going to be opening the market to foreign investment in Brazil, um, and uh, that was that was something that hadn't been done for quite a few years. Um, so things are, from an investment point of view, there are great there are good opportunities in Brazil, but like anything with um, like anything with latin america you do need to take into account just the overall volatility of the yeah. market and how yeah. quickly it can change well, that's that's really interesting and um we'll, we'll build into that a little bit later but just quickly i wanted as i say we mentioned mentioned mexico the other of the big two i know much less about mexico um so uh, perhaps perhaps you could uh yeah sort of give us give us a picture of what what uh, what's going on there yeah so mexico um had uh, a big change in government uh, a couple of years ago so um it almost did the the it, yeah pretty much did the reverse of what of what brazil did so they had a very pro-business very uh, foreign investment friendly um government under uh, enrique peña nieto and uh, in 2019 um following uh there was a lot of corruption claims against uh against that government's uh, leaders and its president uh there was a there was a big change and a socialist regime came in and uh, straight away they uh, wanted to tackle um the economic equality in the country and also the high crime rate 
Uh, they haven't been very successful on either front, but um, they are trying to address economic equality in, in Mexico. So um, again, I was trying to dig up some numbers um, and uh, IMF, so the IMF predicts that Mexico's economy will grow about uh, 5% this year, uh, which, you know, is, is, is more than Brazil's. Um, and there are set to be uh, Mexico uh, midterm elections um, later this year. The socialist, uh, socialist government is uh, expected to prevail and win even more uh, seats in, uh, in the Congress and Senate. So they're just really going to solidify their position and, uh, and continue with, their, um, with the agenda of investing in um, of investing in the uh, investing in the market and want to be a lot more a lot more driven by um, Mexican ideals rather than influenced by by uh, by foreign investors. So, and in terms of uh, in terms of the actual market itself, um, again, it's quite a resource-rich country. Uh, you've got a couple companies that really dominate. You've got Cemex, uh, which is a big construction um, within the is within the construction industry. Um, and uh, yeah, so again, like Brazil, there are a few, a couple of big names that really dominate, um, that really dominate conversations in Mexico, and Mexico as well. That uh, you need to, that you need to look out for if you're looking to invest there. Okay, and so yeah, what if I mean, are there any? As you mentioned, um, you know, if if you've been in the US and not in, you'd be expected to invest in Apple. <laughs> are there any sort of particular businesses or names that that, that people, that sort of local investors would, would know and, and, and have, have enjoyed a lot of support? Yeah, I mean, you've got within the banking industry, you've got obviously some of uh, the biggest banks in Latin America uh, that are in um, either Brazil or Mexico. Most, they're mostly in Brazil, to be honest. Um, in terms of some of the big banks there, you've got BTG Pactual, um, you've got Itel Unibanco, um, you've got Banco Santander actually is uh, obviously will be familiar to readers in, in the UK, but is actually one of the bit has a huge presence in Brazil itself um, and, uh, and does very well there. Um, in, in Mexico, you've got uh, City Banamex, which uh, so it's it's part of the city uh, city group, but um, they merged with uh, a group called Banamex a number of years ago. So that's it. Uh, that's a big company there. Um, so yeah, and the the financials industry really dominates uh, across 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 the region. And uh, just to kind of sum it up, um, for for both Brazil and and Mexico and a lot of the other countries, um, when you look at the uh, the sector allocation for a lot of the LATAM equity fund managers, financials is top. Uh, and after that, it's basic materials. And that, again, goes back to what I was saying in terms of it's the mining, it's the it's the big, uh, it's the big uh, often state-owned um, uh, oil companies. Mm. Okay. And well, th thanks, Athol. And uh, obviously, yes, we've covered off uh, perhaps the, 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 uh, the big names, uh, some, of the, some of the obvious bets there. Is there anything that's a bit more uh, left field, up and coming? Uh, that uh, I suppose what you call the lo the local investors are getting uh, excited about that you that you could talk about. Um, yeah, actually there is. Um, so while many investors uh, wouldn't really think of Latin America as a, as a hotbed of uh, of technology innovation, um, it is really starting to become that. 
um, there are a number of startups um, that, are, that are really making waves in Latin America, uh, whether that's on the fintech side or on the e-commerce, on the e-commerce side. Um, and uh, they're really starting to become a really good alternative for, uh, and for a region that is, has been historically very dependent on, on its exports, especially the natural resources exports. Um, so, I mean, it goes from cloud computing to web services to digital payments. Uh, those are really huge growth areas. Um, and you've got companies in Brazil, you've got companies in Latin America, in, sorry, uh, Brazil, you've got companies in Colombia, you've got a few in Uruguay as well. Uh, the, the FT actually put together a list of the, shall we say, the hottest uh, startups in the Americas. Um, I think they did that a couple months ago, and uh, it mentioned about a dozen um, companies in, in Latin America that are really starting to catch people's eyes. Uh, so I'd recommend people check that out. Um, obviously, the list was dominated by companies in the US, uh, just given the, the just given the size of the US market. Um, but you know, some of these uh, companies were punching above their weight. Um, and um, from you know, you, in terms of the the e-commerce, one of the biggest ones in the in the region is actually a company called Mercado Libre, and they're pretty much a competitor, a direct competitor to Amazon, um, and they've really built up a, a very strong and faithful uh, clientele. Um, and uh, so they are one, they are a big company to look out for. They are, they're, they, they're kind of doing what Alibaba are doing in, um, in Asia and in China, you know, really eating up some of that market share that, uh, that Amazon built up across that region. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say look into some of the tech innovations happening in Latin America because uh, there could be some really interesting opportunities there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and a popular local player like that, uh, contend contending with companies like Amazon, you can see the attraction for sure. That's really interesting. Th thanks, Athol. And uh, well, I suppose, I mean, what, just to pick up on one point um, about sort of investing uh, in, in generally, uh, I suppose, in, in the area. And as the advantage of having you here is that we get a little bit of insight into the, sort of the culture and attitudes of the people who, who invest in Latin America. Um, obviously, a lot of our listeners, well, most of our listeners will be uh, from outside that region um, and looking at it uh, um, as an investment opportunity. But as outsiders, look, you know, you mentioned volatility. You know, I think it's probably a region that's, as you know, fairly characterized by by its ups and downs, by um, its, its changing political scene and economic scene. But, um, you know, yet investors do well there and, and, and persist and, and there's a great community that you, you serve so you know what is it I get the feeling that they may see things a little bit differently <laughs> than uh, some of that we do do elsewhere and do you do they just sort of ride are they just riding the rough with the smooth are they just just used to it is that perhaps an advantage to them compared to others it is I mean it's it's their home market so for them it's not an emerging market it's just the <laughs> sure, market, you know. Yeah. So they're 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 used to the ups and downs of uh, of 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 their of their currency of of just their equities and bond markets. Um, I mean, just get, given that uh, it's a very again, as I said before, um, export driven um, export driven region where natural resources play a big part. It's very cyclical in its nature, so they're used to that. Um, and uh, so when you when you speak to them, it's it's quite interesting because you just realise that okay, you're really talking like a local investor who's just very comfortable with these, uh, with you know, uh, with these crazy crazy um, uh, spikes and drops 
in the market, and it's just it's just part and parcel of uh, of them being uh, investors in in their local market and their and their region. Um, what one thing I would say that uh, has taken time to really grab hold um, to really become a, a a growing trend in Latin America is uh, is equity. Um, they have for a long time been very uh, fixed income focused. Um, they are very comfortable with fixed income. They understand that they like the they just like the regular income that comes in, and um, but when it came to equities, they just really steered clear of it. A good part of that was also due to the fact that uh, historically interest rates were very high in uh, in some of these countries. I mean, Brazil was insane. I mean, their interest rate was, if I remember correctly, about four, four or five years ago, it was at 14.5%, something like that, interest rate. So you literally just put the money in the bank and, you know, you're, sing, you're singing away to retirement, you know, singing your way to retirement. Um, but that has changed drastically in the last few years. Um, it's gone down to just under 3%. They increased it by uh, 75 basis points for the first time earlier this year, for the first time almost four or five years. Um, and, and what that has done um, has forced people to review the investments and, uh, and really start embracing equities uh, and not just local equities, but also international equities. So um, that has created opportunities for international asset managers to come in and start tapping some of that potential. Um, so, but in terms of just the overall, um, the overall image of the Latin American investor. They are very savvy, they know their market, they're comfortable with that volatility. Um, and um, they, they still, but they do aim for long-term plays whilst also playing, uh, playing, the, ta playing the odd tactical, tactical bet from time to time. Well, one, one of the things you talked about earlier um, was in t when we were talking about sort of the, the, the industries or the companies doing well, I think, I think you may have mentioned mining, certainly oil. Um, obviously, wearing the ESG hat, as uh, many uh, investors now are, that they want to or are obliged to, um, that has to come into the, to come, to come into the conversation. Um, you know, mining, deforestation, other types of pollution. Uh, can ESG investment or the behaviour of other international businesses operating in that area, in the Latin American area, uh, can that be a force to change? Does it does it need to be? Uh, what's your views on that? I think it can be a force for change, but I also think it needs to come directly for the investors themselves. Um, you know that, and it is something that uh, until recently just wasn't ESG just wasn't something that was on uh, Latin American investors' radar. They um, they were more, much more focused on uh, on returns and they saw ESG more as not a gimmick but something that could actually impact the returns that they could receive in their portfolios by eliminating some of these uh, high performing or high returning companies that uh, that we've mentioned uh, throughout, throughout the podcast. However that has been changing over the last uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and uh, I've, just, I've got some, I've dug out some numbers for you here. So the MSCI, uh, Emerging Market Latin America Index, um, so they put together a, a rating of the companies that are in that index according to their ESG performance. And um, when you look at it, uh, of the 100 Latin American companies that were listed on this, uh, on this index, 
Um, back in uh, 2018, only 3.1% had a AA rating for ESG performance. That has increased more than fourfold since then to almost 13%. Um, and wow. that's a significant shift. Mm. You know, it's still it's still a low number. I get that. You know, but it's been a considerable increase in a very short space of time. Yeah, sure. Um, and it, they're still lagging when it comes to the double A company. Uh, sorry, uh, the triple A companies, but um, it's it's still doing well. They do continue to lag, as I've seen the global peers though. Uh, on the MSCI World Index, uh, companies with a double A rating um, is at almost twenty percent, um, and um, so there's a there's still a lot of catching up to do but it's gaining ground it really is gaining ground and in terms of uh, just the kind of trends that you are you're talking about you know the deforestation the mining that uh, that is gaining a lot more um that is gaining a lot more investment attention uh, investor attention mm. especially deforestation in brazil um under the current government uh bolsonaro the uh, bolsonaro government they've um they, he, I mean, he was called the Trump of Brazil for, for a good reason. Um, he yeah. uh, loosened a lot of um, a lot of envi- environmental um, a lot of envi- environmental requirements when it came to groups uh, uh, cutting down trees in uh, the Amazon forest, and it's it's led to an acceleration of deforestation in uh, in in Brazil, something that had been kind of held back a bit before mm. in the, the previous government. So that's obviously had a had a big impact. Um, and also, again, it's, it's it's starting to gain ground, but a lot of the a lot of the attention isn't just about the um, isn't just about the, the climate change aspect. It's just that the social unrest that was caused by um, by the COVID nineteen pandemic led a lot of um, led a lot of inve- local investors to really rethink how their portfolios were built, what it was made up of, and um, have really started to try and adopt a more sustainable um, approach to, to the filtering that they carry out within their, within their, within their investments in Latin America. Um, and that's also, uh, and, and they've also started doing that because returns, they've, re, they've finally realized that returns um, under an ESG in an ESG fund aren't usually aren't uh, much, aren't impacted very much um, by having those extra filters. On the, you know, on the contrary, they can actually help avoid um, key risks uh, within by eliminating certain companies, certain companies who have bad management, who have corruption issues, and so on and so forth. So, it's 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 taken a while. Uh, LATAM has lagged a lot of its peers, um, and when it comes to ESG, but they are they are they're slowly but surely embracing embracing the trend. Wow, with with so many interesting political, economic, and business stories being played out already, uh, and obviously you know a social story as well, and 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 sadly the you know the the terrible toll of the pandemic it does seem that there's going to be interesting to track the development of ESG there as well uh, as as ever in the region, uh, more more change, um, but uh, but I think clearly uh, exciting opportunities as well. So I think we'll leave it there. Um, I think that's given uh, me certainly a very uh, much clearer picture of what the next few months and and uh, and, and next years uh, hold in store. So Athol, thank you very much. You're very welcome, Will. It was a pleasure.